A blessed Sunday to all of you, brothers and sisters in Christ. We praise the Lord for our country's very first Olympic gold medal. Indeed, a welcome blessing in the midst of these trying times. But more than that is that we hope that all of you are doing well and are keeping safe during this time of pandemic. You know, it has been a long time since our last physical gathering as a church, but that doesn't mean that we have ceased being the church. Even though we are limited to our own homes, it doesn't mean we cannot function as the church. For as Paul told the Corinthians, the church is the body of Christ, and each of us is a member of His body, and all of us has a part to play. That is what we will be talking about today as we continue on our journey through 1 Corinthians. So if you have your Bibles with you, please open them to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll be reading from verse 12 to 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 31. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greek, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the food should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and, un and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. May God bless the reading of His Word. 
Indeed, there is no such thing as a perfect church. All churches face a number of different problems and challenges. And we see that to be true in the Corinthian church. There were fights and division over who is wiser. Yet on the other hand, they were united in tolerating sin, which should not be. There were issues about sex and practicing one's freedom, even bordering to idolatrous practices. And there were even concerns over improper worship and observation of the Lord's Supper. And now here in chapter 12, it seems that the church is also having a problem with regards to spiritual gifts. We see that in the very first verse of chapter 12. You know, I can imagine Paul letting out a huge sigh as he presses on to deal with this next issue. Like, hi, now concerning spiritual gifts. Now, what concerns could the church in Corinth be having with spiritual gifts? Paul's letter did not answer this directly. But reading through his letter, you can infer what the issue was. You see, Paul discussed about this problem in the next three chapters, chapters 12 to 14. And when you read through these three chapters, the spiritual gift Paul often mentioned was the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. Now, now I know many of you are curious about this gift, but this message is not going to be about speaking in tongues. So let me briefly explain what it is, and then we can move on from it. The gift of tongues is the ability to utter unintelligible words or words that you do not understand to offer up prayers and praises to God as they were being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, the question in your mind is, Pastor Brian, is this really a spiritual gift from God? Well, the answer is yes. How do we know? Because Paul affirms this gift. Your next question is probably, does this gift still exist in our generation today? My answer is, apparently, yes, for there are Christian churches who practice it. In fact, the church I, uh, I serve with in Singapore practices this gift. I didn't. I can't. I don't have this gift, so please don't ask me to demonstrate it. The last question I will answer about the gift of tongues is, can we understand what they are saying? Can we ever understand? And according to Paul in chapter 14, only if you have the gift of interpretation. That's how you can understand. So, that is that. Let us move on to the problem. Now, just to be clear, the gift of tongues was not the problem. The gift of tongues was not the problem. The problem was the church's attitude towards it. It would seem that the Corinthian church was valuing this particular gift over other gifts. Many of them probably believe that people who have the gift of tongues are more spiritual than others. And this was causing problems in the church. It is once again creating divisions within the church. Members who have this gift think 
they are better than the others. And the overemphasis over this one gift is making those who does not have this gift feel that they are not part of the church. And that is why Paul has to remind the Corinthian church that they are the body of Christ. Each and every one of them are members of the body of Christ. And just as our bodies have different parts with different functions, every member of the church, that includes you and me, has different roles and function we have to play as part of the body of Christ. You know, I encountered this passage in one of my devotions during this pandemic. And as I was reflecting on this passage, it made me realize something. What happens to us when one part of our body fails to function? What happens to us when one part of our body fails to function? We become a cripple, a disabled person. So my next question was, so what happens when one member of Christ's body decides not to do his part? Does Christ become crippled? But there are so many Christians who do not do their part. Do we have a crippled Christ? And that is my title for today. A crippled Christ with a question mark. And the, and the obvious answer to this is no. Just as there is no such thing as a perfect church, on the other hand, there is no such thing as a crippled Christ. And therefore, our big idea for today is, we do not have a crippled Christ. Therefore, we must all embrace each other's spiritual gifts and do our job. We do not have a crippled Christ. Therefore, we must all embrace each other's spiritual gifts and do our job. Now, let us continue to understand what it means for all of us to be part of the body of Christ. The first and most important thing Paul wanted to emphasize about the body of Christ is its diversity. In verse 14, it says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Not one, but many. Because of the church's overemphasis on the gift of tongues, everyone wanted to have that gift. Those who do not have that gift felt left out in the church and did not want to use their other gifts anymore. But this should not be the case. So Paul goes on to say in verse 15 to 16, he says, If the food should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Paul is telling them that not having a certain spiritual gift does not disqualify them from being part of the body. And truly, and sadly, many of us, even until today, use that reason to excuse ourselves for, from participating in the church. We say, Ay, hindi ko kaya yung ginagawa ni Pastor Brian. Kaya hindi na lang ako sasali. Ay, mahihain ako, hindi ko kaya may pag-usap sa mga tao. So, 
hindi na ako magdi-disciple ng iba. Baka mapahiya lang ako. Ay, hindi naman ako deacon or elder. Hindi naman ako leader eh. Bakit ko kailangan gawin yan? Sila na bahala dyan. Brothers and sisters, these should not be our attitude. Paul explained to them that the body cannot function if it only consists of one part. He wanted to point out to them that having a diverse variety of gifts is crucial in the church. Without this diversity in the body, the church cannot function properly. In verse 17, he says, If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Brothers and sisters, the body of Christ is diverse in function. The body of Christ is diverse in function. If all are leaders in the church, then who will follow? If all are servants, then who will lead? If all are pastors working inside the church, then who will share the gospel to the people in the workplace and corporations? If everybody preaches, then who will serve the elderly? If everybody ushers, then who will serve the food? You know, when I started out as a pastor in our church, I felt a little anxious about myself in the beginning. You know, when I observed my fellow pastors, Pastor LJ, Pastor Wiljo, and even Pastor Fred when he was here, I realized how good they were with relating and connecting with people. People are able to open up to them about their problems and concerns, while I find it hard to have a deep conversations with people. I struggled in the ministry thinking that I should be as good as them in this aspect of ministry. But then I realized that my spiritual gift was different. I discovered that mine was teaching. After that, I focused in utilizing my gift in the ministry, and I found joy and encouragement doing it. Of course, I still do some counseling if people come to me, but I don't pressure myself to be as good as my fellow pastors are. I just do the best I can and trust that the Lord will work through His Spirit. You see, each one of us has a role to play in the body of Christ. We must stop looking at other people's gift, envying them for their spiritual gift. Instead, we must focus on figuring out what spiritual gift God has given us and then use it. And I remember during our Level 2 class earlier this year, Pastor Christina taught us that the best way to figure out your spiritual gifts is by participating in various ministry. And once you discover your spiritual gift, you must use it immediately. Many of you know by now that Pastor Will Joy and I are big sports fans. We follow basketball, football, even baseball. And there is one sports organization that impresses me, and that is the New England Patriots, even though I'm not a fan of Tom Brady. Now, ever since 2001, the New England Patriots won six NFL Super Bowl titles, a feat only they have accomplished. And every time they won a championship, they release a documentary highlighting their motto. And the Patriots' motto is, Do your job. Do your job. It is written in the reception of their office building when you enter it. And they highlight 
how each person in their organization, from their coaching staff, players, to their scouts, to their equipment managers, down to their cooks, do their job, which enabled them to win multiple championships. Brothers and sisters, all of us are part of the body of Christ. And each one of us has different spiritual gifts given to us by God. And so, we must use those spiritual gifts and do our job. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18, But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as He chose. Therefore, whatever God has given to us, we must use. The body of Christ is diverse in function. Therefore, we must all do our job. Remember, brothers and sisters, that we do not have a crippled Christ. Therefore, as His body, we must all embrace each other's spiritual gifts, especially our own, and do our job. After emphasizing the need for diversity in the body, Paul now shifts to emphasizing its need for unity. In verse 20, he says, As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Baliktad naman. Kaniya sabi niya, one body, yet many parts. Ngayon, many parts, yet one body. Now, now that they understand that it is God's design to give them diverse gifts, they must now understand that in their diversity, there is a need for unity. In their diversity, there is a need for unity. Just as each part of the human body recognizes its independence with other parts of the body, so the church must also accept each other's gift instead of belittling or disregarding one another. In verse 21, he says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So, how should the pr- church practice unity? You know, many times the church confuses unity with uniformity. We strive for uniformity thinking that that is what it means to be united. Kumpare-parehas tayong lahat. We think that we can only be united when we all do the same things, attend the same trainings, worship the same way, serve in the same ministry, speak the same language. Our church must be careful of thinking this way, especially that we have the word united in the name of our church. United, not uniform. Uniformity must not be mistaken for unity. For the body of Christ is not meant to be uniform. It's meant to be diverse, just as Paul emphasized earlier. Instead, we must practice unity in diversity. And how can we do this? Paul tells us how in verse 22 to 25. Let me read it to you. He says, On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God 
has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Paul is telling us that the body of Christ is united in concern for one another. Uniformity is not the path to unity. Instead, it is genuine love and concern for one another that brings unity in the body of Christ. And how can we show concern for one another? Paul teaches the Corinthian church to honor those who are less honored in the church, not just those who are prominent, and also by caring for all the members of the church, especially those who have less and who needs more care. You know, Paul uses the human body once again as an example on how a person tries to groom and take care of one's body. We know the most, that the most important parts of our bodies are the internal organs, our hearts, our lungs, our brains, as compared to our outside appearances. And so what do we do? We groom our hair, we wear jewelries, and put makeup and polish our nails to make these parts of our bodies look good. I myself cannot go out without my watch. I don't feel presentable if my left hand looks bare. So I always wear my watch kahit walang battery. It's true. Ask my wife. You know, the same way the church must honor and care for those who are less honored and cared for in our church. I have been a pastor in UECP for almost 10 years already. And let me tell you, I really appreciate how all of you takes care of your pastors. Kaya nga kami tumataba ni Aya Wiljo. But as much as we appreciate your appreciation for our ministry, we would like to challenge all of us to honor those who are working in the background, our staff, our volunteers, even our drivers and maintenance team. As pastors, we are already honored by having the privilege to stand here in front of you to preach God's Word. So, let us also honor and care for those who serve the church outside the spotlight. Brothers and sisters, the body of Christ is united in concern for one another. Therefore, let us honor one another, especially the less honored. And let us care for one another, especially those who are in need. This is also our job as part of the body of Christ, to care for one another, to honor each other. Remember what Paul says in verse 26. Look at your Bible. It says, For one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Let us remember, brothers and sisters, that we do not have a crippled Christ. Therefore, we must all embrace each other's spiritual gifts, honoring and caring for one another, and do our job. Do our job. Now, after emphasizing the need for unity and diversity in the body of Christ, Paul now lists down the varieties of gifts that God has given the church. In verse 27 to 28, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church 
first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Paul did not give here an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. Ibig sabihin, hindi lang ito yung mga spiritual gifts. It's only a representative. But Paul used this to rank the importance of these gifts over the other. Wait lang, pastor. I thought all gifts are important. Then why is Paul ranking them by order of importance? Why did he put tongues as last? And then Paul proceeded to asking a series of rhetorical questions. In verse 29 to 30, he asked, Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And the obvious answer is, no. Emphasizing once again that the Spirit does not give us all the same one. Then he tells the Corinthian church to earnestly desire the higher gifts. Wait lang, Pastor. I thought all gifts have its function in the body of Christ and we must all embrace our spiritual gift. But why is Paul telling us to desire the higher gift? The reason Paul does this is to teach the Corinthian church what they should desire to do with their gifts. The gifts that God has given them. And that is to build up the church. To build up the church. Paul is telling them to use their gifts to edify others rather than edifying themselves. The body of Christ is for building His kingdom. Therefore, we should seek to edify others. Edify means to build up. Paul explains in chapter 14 that although the gift of tongues is a gift from the Holy Spirit, it only edifies the one who has it. It cannot edify others unless there is someone who has the gift of interpretation, who can explain it to others. Without the gift of interpretation, the only one who is edified with the gift of tongues is the one that has it. In chapter 14, verse 5, he explains, Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more, to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Paul is once again teaching the church that the purpose of the gifts is to build one another up instead of flaunting one's own spirituality, which the Corinthian church are doing. True spirituality is the one that builds up the kingdom of God and builds up others. The body of Christ is for building the kingdom of God. Therefore, in asking and using our spiritual gifts, if we ask God to give us a spiritual gift, our goal and motive must be to build up others, to edify others, and not just ourselves. Some of you may know that I play the guitar, but only a little know that I play a little bit of piano. Only a few of you know because I seldom play piano in the ministry, mainly because I am shy 
And I don't think my skills are good enough anyway to be an instrumentalist in our worship team. And people are usually surprised when they found out I can play. And when they ask why I don't play in the church, I usually tell them, I only play for my own personal worship, not for others. Nahiya kasi ako. For my own personal worship only. Now I realize that this should not be the case. I must use whatever gifts that he has given me to build up his kingdom, no matter how small it is. How about you? Are you using your gifts to edify others or only to edify yourself? If we are only using our gifts for our own self-edification, then we are not doing our role as part of the body of Christ. Again, is Christ crippled? No, He is not. We do not have a crippled Christ. Therefore, as His body, we must all embrace each other's spiritual gift, use it to edify others, and do our job. Our Lord Jesus did not use His time here on earth to edify and glorify Himself. Instead, He looked out for the interests of others and even gave His life for them, that they may be part of God's kingdom. He did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but instead He took on the form of the servant so that He might serve God's people and die for them on the cross, so that He might build us up as, the members, as members of God's kingdom. And now, because of Him, for all those who believe of, believes in Him, the church, we have become a part of His body. And therefore, just as our Lord edified and built us up, we must do the same to others. We must seek to build up the kingdom of God and seek to edify others. Use our gifts to love God and make disciples and to edify the church. My, mission, my seminary in Singapore, this is their mission, to glorify God by training faithful servants of Jesus Christ to edify the body of Christ and to make disciples of all nations. Brothers and sisters, are we using our God-given gifts to build up God's kingdom? Are we doing our job and using our spiritual gifts? I hope we are because we are the body of Christ. And we do not have a crippled Christ. Therefore, body of Christ, we must embrace each other's spiritual gifts and let us all do our job. Let us pray. Father, we give thanks for this great reminder. Father, we give thanks that you remind us that we are your body. Each and every believer, each and every disciple is part of your body. And each one of us, you have given spiritual gifts so that we might build up your kingdom. We might edify each other. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for giving us diverse gifts. Each one of us you use for your purpose in your own time, in your own way. 
Help us, Lord, to honor each other. Help us, Lord, to be united, not uniform. United in genuine love and concern for one another. Help us, Lord, to honor those who are less honored. Help us, Lord, to care for those who needs care. That is what it means to be united. That's how you cared for us. So, Father, I pray that even in this pandemic season, you will use each one of us. Help us, Lord, to do our job just as you have tasked us to do. Help us, Lord, to use our spiritual gifts for your glory, for the edification of the church, to make disciples of all nations. Lord, let us re- help us remember that we do not have a crippled Christ. And therefore, as His body, each of us must do our part. We thank you once again for this great reminder that is exemplified by our Lord Jesus on the cross. In His name we pray. Amen.